as loucos and on the beat. Now I was blushing elf clusters now for we net because they laugh as it serves bro fro. Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland. <laughs> yeah, let's stop stop the recording before for you. Yeah. Tony, company excluded, I hope. Boy, that was that was wonky, wasn't it? And Jonathan. Or I will stop saying all those horrible, horrible things about people that I don't want to hear. As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. Did either of you guys do any playing the Dwarf Fortress this week for, for preparation for killing off dwarves or anything? Because I tried, and I failed <laughs> miserably. What, on killing dwarves? Yeah, well, I was trying to, to find uh, interesting ways to kill my dwarves. And I thought that I would start this by having an evil biome, but my evil biome doesn't seem all that evil. I don't think I have it be evil enough. Huh. Yes, I had the same situation. Funny you mentioned that. And I tried four or five different forts and I got there in purple biomes and I had haunted and I had terrifying and everything was totally cool. And I built thriving forts and I was like, this is not what I expected. I needed to die right away. But it didn't happen. So if you look up on the on the wiki, evil, if you just look up evil on the wiki, I thought it mm-hmm. was neat the grid that is on there under combinations and characteristics of surroundings. The three by three grid of good, neutral, evil versus benign, neutral, and savage. Mm-hmm. My biome that I uh, that I embarked to was about two thirds haunted and one third not haunted. Right, because you can you can okay. you can straddle it with your uh, with your four by four embark location. Yeah, and I think that maybe that was that was my issue. I did have a night creature show up, but it didn't seem to want to bother us. It's uh, just like it was called a uh, knight's warrior. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's one of those um, procedurally generated creatures, correct? Yeah, it was a. Uh, I, I would say so. Yeah. It was an. It yeah. said literally that it was a night creature, but that it was created. It was a. It was a necromancer experiment. It was really fast, oh, okay. and it was running all over my all over my map. My fortress doors were wide open. I left the drawbridge down. I left all the doors unlocked. But uh, he ran around the fortress a few times. Said, "Hey, hey guys, what's up? I'm gonna take off now. I might come back later to kill you, but not this week." It's cool. No one seemed particularly bothered. He did his, you did yours, and everyone was fine. Yeah. Okay, sure. That's the. I guess maybe post COVID, that's the way the world works in this game. Do you think that all of the creatures are just, they were locked in their warrens and caves for, you know, the, the last couple of years. And now we've left their biomes alone and now we're going back in them and they're just so darned happy to see people Maybe. again. That they put all their <laughs> problems aside, whatever hauntings or scars they were given by the necromancers. They're like, you know what? <laughs> Things happen and everybody's just doing their best and we're going to get on with it. I, I wonder if that's been coded in. That's Tarn's kind of secret thing. So if anything, what I've taken out of this experiment is that I shall fear no evil. It seems pretty random because I've had those biomes where I, I know, I mean, maybe not. Now I'm trying to think back. Did I do that in this newest release or not? But I've like for the last time we did one of these Halloween things, like I, I set it out and it was just like there were necromancers everywhere. And I mean, it got kind of wild. And then I've done others where 
like immediately you have a necromancer siege or the fisherman kills the carp to eat it and the carp skin comes back and like flops around and kills everyone else and then you've got like reincarnated everything going i mean i've just had it those complete chaos spirals that we all know and actually quite love <laughs> um you know i've definitely had that and uh this is just i couldn't i couldn't make it happen this time and i was a little disappointed and it's not because i got better at the game that, that is not <laughs> that is not oh you're just you you just know what you're doing well no i want to be really clear Roland, do you when you're searching for embark locations, do you filter out evil locations to to have that not be high evil? Oh no, I do the opposite. I filter out high goodness areas because they're not engaging at all to me. I mean, okay, sure, yeah, they're unicorns. They're funny. You get feathered trees, very nice wood, but evil biomes, and you get like. Elven blood raining from the skies on your dwarves. Yeah. No, that is that is a flavor. I like, mm. does it take? A, I agree. Does it take a terrifying, which is uh, savage evil, on the on the grid? Does mm-hmm. it take a terrifying biome in order to get the blood rain and the evil clouds and all that? Because I'm I'm not seeing any of that. It rained, but it was just rain in my currently haunted biome. I think so. Yeah. Huh. I think you need savagery for something like uh, weather symptoms to occur, uh, which uh-huh. does include the the mist zombification stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, the evil clouds. Which I had happen exactly once, and it was it was very terrifying. Based on the, those early Krug Smash videos where he tried to embark in an evil biome, it was reanimating. Yeah. He had evil clouds that seemed like coming on him every five minutes. Maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe that was um, moderated by the developers of Dwarf Fortress since that older release that that Krug Smash started with. Hmm. Yeah, don't you wonder? I I am I am equally wondering that. I would love it if somebody hears this and could say definitively, "I know exactly what you're seeing. And this is why." So if you that's you, you know where to find us. <laughs> But yeah, that's why I have been hiding from evil so much with my fortresses is because I saw that Krug Smash video and it traumatized me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, There's no way. I I see, even, why would you even want to play that? Where whenever you cut off the hands of a cow, it, the hand reanimates and comes after your fortress. What's what's the point of that? That's just too hard. It's kind of silly is what it is. It kind of cracks me up. I've, I've done it and I've played one like that. And as, but the thing is, it's like the carp eyeball or whatever that ends up reanimating. Like they're a lot harder than you think they're going to be to kill, which was the really weird thing about it. Like I think I had lamb's wool one time, like reanimate. And it was, you know, they, they killed that one pretty quickly. To be fair, the lamb's wool wasn't too, too life threatening. It was terrifying and scary and scarring, but it didn't kill them. But I think like I, we got wiped out one time by, um, it was a, uh, we had a, a were creature in there and then he turned back into, I locked him in a room and he turned back into a normal person. And then I killed him because I don't like that kind of activity in my fortress. And then he reanimated into something that wiped the whole fort out. And that's <laughs> what I come to know and love with the game. But that, that I couldn't force that. So who knew? Who knows? Who the heck knows what's going on? Yeah, I think you got to smash mm-hmm. them into little mushy bits to and mangle them yeah. and hit them with with warhammers to to kill the reanimated crap. Got to yeah. make a a nice moist paste. 
Yeah, exactly. And that is the reason why, for example, reanimated skin seems so hard to kill, uh, simply because there's nothing under the skin that you mush into paste. For example, oh. if you have the full creature, it's apparently simpler for the game to track. Oh, yeah, it's impacting into here and you're mushing the muscle tissue and some fat and the bones break and stuff. But if it's just skin, you have to rip the skin apart into like small, small pieces until it's like, you know, nothing more like jam. And that seems a lot harder to pull off. What would happen if you um, made a pit and you threw all of this reanimated crap into a pit? I can tell you exactly what happens. Good. You do not dig the pit deep enough. And you forget to smove the walls, and then it climbs out. No, I don't decide. <laughs> well, I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, ooh, how would I know? No, you have to actually make sure the pit is deep enough. And deep enough is, if you think it's deep enough, it's not deep enough. And if you think I overdid it, it's correct. Because you have to be <laughs> sure that the pit is so deep, your dwarfs can see the bottom. Otherwise, they will get scared every time they try to dump something. And then they stop dumping it. And then you have the reanimated skin instead of in the pit. It's now just next to the pit. So um, I don't know the math, to be honest, how far they can go. I did a pit that is like 20 levels deep. Worked perfectly fine. I did a pit that was only eight. And sometimes they got spooked. Interesting. Or you could have the pit end in the magma sea. That might, Obviously, that might do it. That would work perfectly. Yeah. yeah. But the, the pit idea is is great. And that's where my dwarven toilet trademark on me, Roland, uh, came up. <laughs> because I was like, okay, I'm going to dump everything. And then the pit, like, teemed with undeadness. And I was like, okay, this is bad. So I flushed it away. And also that works. Attention members and guests. Lucas, Guildhall Administrator calls all farmers of the Guild of Fragrances to the Guildhall the Lake of Nuts. In the Lake of Nuts you can find, engraved on the floor, a masterfully designed image of Moses Nozax the Dwarf and Dwarves by Zasset Decimical. Moses Nozax is surrounded by the Dwarves. The artwork relates to the appointment of the Dwarf Moses Nozax to the position of Militia Commander of the Cradled Rampart in the early summer of the year 5. Lucas invites all guild members to come learn and enjoy fellowship. I got to tell you the name of my fortress that I built because I was focusing on evil, so I thought that I would give it a custom name. My fortress was named Gidoregador, Gidoregador, Gidor, Gidor, Gidor. Which translates in English to evil, evil, the evil, 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 evils of evil. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, Perfect. that's pretty evil. Well, you're <laughs> you're going for something, and I think you I think you hit it. And it was a pretty lame fort uh, when it came down to the end of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that I will try to not take into consideration the evilness and savagery of a biome whenever I whenever I embark there. Because, yeah, I think you're right. I think that my my fortresses are getting a little dull. I'm able to have them go until they collapse from my mismanagement rather than any outside forces. And I can now handle, uh, thank you, Tekken, for your military uh, coaching. 
but I can now handle pretty much yeah. any goblin attack that comes in on me. Oh, I can't wait to see how this plays out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can totally see it already. Yeah. Famous last words. <laughs> Overconfidence. So I'm going to have to finish my current fortress, Ivory Channels, because it's in full swing. I will let that one play out to its end. But the next time I... Ivory Channels? Uh, yeah, Ivory Channels. So yeah, it's um, in the last episode, we had our first Memorial Gardens installment for that one because two dwarves passed away. May they rest in peace. Oh Yeah. Aww. But... Um, you hate it. So yeah, once you Ivory really Channels runs it. its course, however that may be, I will then do a fortress that is in an evil biome and see how that goes. I will fear no evil, <laughs> though I great. walk into the Valley of the Shadow of Death or some something along those lines. Uh, yeah, no, I got, uh, I was super ambitious with thinking that I was going to, you know, completely uh, get skunked. And then I didn't. And I was puzzled and sad. So, yeah, I guess it happens to the best of us. Yep. I had a great fortress going on and I did not want to abandon the fortress per se. So I instead made a copy and did a little scouting because I have two towers and it seems that one of the towers has interesting yet weird history. And I wanted to check out what the thing was about. Uh, because when I look at the tower in the world map, it says the Dwarven Tower. And it actually does tell me a Dwarven civilization um, that apparently has hold of this. However, I don't know this Dwarven civilization. I've never traded with it. And as it turns out, a dwarf just one day left their husband, went into the wilderness, built a tower... And now is the only member of that very civilization. They're the king, the all nobles at once, and the only member. Hilarious hmm. to me. How odd. And apparently we're not at war. They're, they apparently still have friendly relations with us. Uh, <laughs> they have never sent any zombies. It doesn't say that we're at war. And... All whole history has never shown that the dwarfs waged war against that tower. They sent some elves over there, uh, like the elves of the primitive styles. One sent some dudes over there. They vanished. It only says in my world history that they went there, but it never says they arrived. It never says they killed anything, and it never said anything about them being killed. So I wanted to investigate. Maybe they were assimilated. They were, in fact, in, uh, assimilated, yes. And Whoa. when I arrived there with my adventurer, I was greeted by a few zombies. But, uh, okay, there were terrifying, shambling monstrosities, but quickly dealt with, because wow. it, it were like three, and I specifically brought a Warhammer for that reason. But the tower was very full of intelligent undead, as well as three necromancers, another dwarf, and uh, I think a Kestrel man necromancer it was. Oh, and I didn't know that creatures could be necromancers. Yeah, they're, they're rare, but apparently they do because they also wish for uh, immortality sometimes. Oh, and oh, um, how sad. The, <laughs> the necromancer woman that built the tower is now the leader of the thing, um, and everybody else is like their apprentice. But 
nobody else is part of her civilization, so they just kind of hang out there? Question mark. So I wanted to, I wanted to go in. You know, I broke down the door and was like, "Oh, necromancers, theft to you!" And there were very chill people, and they just greeted me like, "Hey, what's up? Hi, what you doing?" It's like, I'm like, uh, "Dude, are we not at war? We're just like you, man. We just know the secrets of life and death." Yeah, man. Want to know it? Yeah, and the Kestroman necromancer, I talked to him for a while. The dude actually seems fine. Pretty pretty nice dude. All on all, considered. So we talked a little bit. He oh. turned out very fine. Uh, he misses his family. Uh, further probing revealed he doesn't even have a family, so I'm not sure what that is about. He really enjoyed my humor. He laughed about my jokes. We drank a bit of wine together. And uh, I was also able to talk to almost all of the intelligent undead. They did not attack me at all. And so I just talked to them. And there were other bird people. So it, it seems he turned more Kestrel people into intelligent undead. And um, some of them were a bit, you know, dull-witted at this point. But all in all, most people just talked to me. And I felt really bad for, like, coming into the tower they intend to kill. And I was like, okay, are we still doing this? Am I, am I still going to bash some skulls in and like Why steal not? the slab and die in the wilderness like a really good dwarf would? Uh, the answer is yes, I did. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course I did that. Obviously. You've got to do what you need to do. Yeah, obviously. You know, it's a necromancer. I, however, only killed one necromancer, which was not the Kestroman. He managed to fly away before I came to the decision of actually going through with my plan. So I killed one other necromancer who is not the leader. It was just another apprentice. He didn't even know what was going on. I just killed him in like two swings. Aww. And he was like, what is going on? And I was like, this is not a great fight. And all the experiments and the intelligent undead in the tower were like, oh, hey, uh, hold on, combat. What, what? Huh? Who's fighting? And I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'm cool. And they were like, okay, can you leave though? Can you, can you leave please? Did you get kicked out? Kind of, uh, kind of. They started to be rude to me and like spitting on the floor around me and yell, ah, he is the killer of Urvat. And I'm like, yes, I am. And they were really too rude to me. Whoa. So I was like, okay, do I just beat you now? Or Was that figurative or did they literally spit on the floor around you? No, they literally spit at me and the floor. Oh my! Uh, well, first of all, spitting is close. disgusting. I mean, so yeah. you were well within your rights to shoot them because and that's gross. It basically, disease. yeah, it, it basically just evolved into me going through the tower and people spitting in my face because I just killed Urvad. Me then punching them, and because half of them were just fairly small animal people, uh, versions of undead. Um, I dealt with them very quickly. There were two elves uh, in there. Yeah, okay. Some dwarves, but uh, they had no armor. They had some had weapons, and and I just kept going. And they kept like spitting at me. And the the whole thing was really <laughs> surreal Gross. because there was no point in the entire thing where I I had an open fight and like an open fight broke out and people attacked me. It was always just me beating people after they spit on me. Like, oh, you are the sl uh, slayer of Urvat. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm killing your friends. W what are you doing about it? 
And uh, at like some they're point... Sp- they're spitting. That's one thing. Yeah, they're, they're spitting. But nobody attacked me. At some point, I found this flap. And I considered taking it. But uh, I didn't. Because what what had... Do I do it with the snap? Do I bring it back to a fortress and doom it to extinction? Nah. So I just left again. Well, that sounds like your move. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, you know, because necromancers are funny, but you don't want them in a fortress because that just becomes annoying. Well, you don't have to Chaos. take it to a fortress you like. You can take it to some other fortress, right? That is true. <laughs> that is true. What about that as a feature, managing multiple fortresses on a single base or in a single map? Ah, that is hard to do. Yeah, easily go back and forward. Yeah, you can't because you have to retire and unretire. And every time I retire a fortress and come back to it, it's in shambles. Mm. Like everything, all the all of the supply dumps are just like strewn across the map, which is really yeah, that's irritating. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. But I suppose you know you don't know what's going to happen. You would hope though that if you have a moderately sized fortress that was organized pretty well. And you retire it for, you know, a year or two so you can do some adventure mode. You'd hope that they could handle themselves <laughs> and not just yeah. start flaming each other with, with, you know, magma carts and, and you know, have it be, you know, the last days of Caligula. Yeah, well, I agree. Like, really, you guys can't work it out. Like, I've, we've put a government in place. Everyone seems to be doing fine. I step away for two minutes and this place is in ruins. Like, come on. Really? Is that what we're doing? I thought more of you, Irvad, you know, it turns out you're not the leader I thought you were. Okay. Maybe we're leaving everybody drinking. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't, you know, do you, do you do like uh, Denmark did to, you know, poor Greenland and in, in the pandemic and take away the alcohol? Cause you know, it's going to be a, a problem. I mean, it just, there's no good way to handle this. So, so the, th- the thing is, I think that I know what's going on with that. So the dwarves, whenever they know that their God is watching them from on high and they know that they're being managed, they are on a particular behavior mode. But whenever you pull back, put it in retirement mode, they completely change their personalities because they know that you're not watching closely. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's away. He's away. You can cut taxes on everybody and oh, the trash stop being delivered oh no what happened there's no mail oh crap feel free to Nobody's insult your food friends. oh no yeah right i think they just go full libertarian or something and it goes in <laughs> nobody nobody make any alcohol and everyone needs to go dehydrated <laughs> yes that's right where's the well do you do you guys is that is that sort of your like i, I will i think one of my haunted forts i deployed in a um in a saltwater biome and it, you know, the game really doesn't want you to do that. It's like, Hey, Hey, uh, buddy, um, saltwater biome here. What are you doing? You, you dumb. Like I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying mm. to save you here. This is not even remotely uh, fair, but you, but you do it anyway, because you're, you're confident there's water. So yeah, one of them, I, I was confident that there's water and I dug down and there were, there was no water in any of the cavern layers. Really? So I was like, well, you guys are dead, wow. you're dead, dead, dead. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Maybe that was what made it haunted or terrifying. <laughs> Hmm. You're gonna die of thirst. Oh, okay. Yeah, to know. Uh, that that reminds me of a funny story. In my current fortress that I really like, I have a underground lake. It's not huge, but it has access to the outside, so it refills all the time. And I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." So I put my tavern directly above it, and there is a well in the ceiling, and it drops directly down, and it's very nice. 
And for a really long time, I just ignored the fact that that well is just open and something could fly up. And I was like living with that, you know, like, okay, when, whenever like something large and flying and terrifying, like a forgotten beast with wings comes in, I'm just going to tell everybody to get the hell out of the tavern and kill that thing as quickly as possible. It did never happen. It never oh. happened. And yeah. at some point I was like, you know what? Now I have the resources and I have the time and my thing is going perfectly fine. So I can now sit down, drain this stupid thing and like put everything in place so that the well is now sh completely shut off and like nicely done. And it has a grade. So no items flood in and no contamination floods in and then a legendary floodgate that it can open and close. And it's it's really nicely done. And uh, the second I do that, the next six beasts all have wings. And I'm like, what? What? D did you know, game? Did you know? That is very kind of you. But, you know, I was kind of waiting for that. I was like, oh, no, game. Better nobody send some wings in here. You know, I was <laughs> waiting for that to happen. But okay. I've never had that happen. And I've, I've always been worried about it. And I think maybe it was because of what's his name's that, that guy that used to make the YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> he, he, he had, he had shown that things come up through that, but I've never, I never experienced it. Like, and I, and really? I never put the grade in for my wells. I always just, I live on the edge and oh. I like, uh, I, I just live on the edge. That is so nice because it happened exactly once to me and that I remember it. Because yeah. um, the forgot beast was a dinosaur, and oh god, I, really? Yeah, and That's I uh, didn't check what kind of dinosaur. So I was like, okay, cool, dinosaur. And my brain conjured the image of one of uh, like a Stegosaurus in my head, but I didn't read what it actually was. And twenty seconds later, it is directly in my sleeping chambers. Whoops! Because and you that's where I put them. Yeah, and I was like, how did you get there? Yeah, it flew up through the well. It was, you know, a pterodactyl. It had wings. And I didn't check because I'm an idiot. And I was looking, you know, oh, it didn't, it doesn't say it had wings. Yeah, because it spawns with wings. It's just an animal with wings, Roland. Come on. <laughs> so it, it actually did flew up into my thing and killed, I think, a child or something. And I was like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. You hate to see that. Wake up. Yeah, I really Time hated it. Sorry, kids. That, I think, is the only point in time where something actually came through my well, and I was befuffled because I'm like, oh, okay, first of all, it works. Things can actually fly up, and you got to check what the hell this dinosaur is because it can spawn with wings, and it doesn't tell you that it has wings. Like a grackle. I know what a grackle is now. You know, I kind of have to check my dinosaurs. Come on. Hey. Roland, you're rusty on dinosaurs? Come on, man. What are you doing? Hey, is steel magma safe? Uh, I think is so. Is what? Is steel magma safe? Oh, yeah, safe? steel. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Yeah. So mm -hmm. let me ask you, could you make a well for magma if you use uh, magma safe materials to create the, does it have to be a wooden bucket or can it, can it be a, a pot? Uh, no, I think it has to be a bucket. Uh, um, and also, I think it just fails at the very thing that the dwarves probably don't know what to do with it anyway. Like, they're like, okay, I have a bucket of magma now, but what to do with it now? Well, the same thing you would do with a car. Of course, I've never actually complete, completed a magma furnace, so I've never 
Oh, well, there's an afternoon project for you. Those are awesome. That's like one of my <laughs> favorite are. things to yeah. do. It saves so you all that uh, hassle of going to get the, what do you call it? Uh, charcoal. Charcoal. And then, you know, bituminous coal and lignite. And you, like, you don't have to do any of that malarkey. It just, everything just well, works. Well, you still have to make pig iron, I mean, yes, right? it's... Uh, yeah, you still have to do so that. You, so just, you got to have, you have, you have to go lignite the, for... Or, or. Oh, that's right. You still have to... No, you, I thought you only had to have... Um, I thought you only had to have a flux element for that, like a chalk or something. Yeah, yeah, like marble. That's, that's right. You, you have to have iron. Or, you have coal. to have iron ore. I was thinking that like that was an iron ore. No, that's a, that's a fuel source. Okay. So, but yeah, my I've never done it because I've gotten by fine on on charcoal, putting a char a, a wood burning furnace right by my smelter, right by my uh, metal worker. So, it's I've gotten into I guess you could say a rut, but I, I think that it's more of a process. But yeah, magma safe just takes the the charcoal and the fuel source out of it, or uh, right. magma. Well, that's magma cool. Furnace wood, I guess. But you got to put it, you know, over your magma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is not an evil thing. That is just an aside. No, it's a good aside though, because even evil needs steel. Yes. This segment of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is made possible by a grant from Brandon Wright, creator of Isanagast Bicaril, Still Clench the Dipped Fellowship, and Orthoclase Bed. All crafts worship is of the highest quality. The bed is encrusted with cushion Orthoclase cabochons and encircled with bands of pear-cut cat's eyes. The object is adorned with hanging rings of aquamarine and menaces with spikes of sheep bone and pigtail. On the item is an image of a mudman in aquamarine. Isanagast Bicaril, still clench the dipped fellowship from Brandon Wright. You know what is spooky, however? Ghosts. Ghosts are spooky. Oh, yeah. And there are different kind of ghosts, as we know. But, okay, this this will sound insane. But I'm kind of hoping for, like, a most violent ghost version that there is. It's like a... Yeah. I think it's mm -hmm. just called Violent Ghost. Violent Haunt, whatever. Um, I'm hoping for that. And I had it once, and it was the most cursed thing ever. Well, you know how that I'm happens, I'm still right? hoping for another. You know how that happens, right? So they... Oh, no. The, how that happens? Yeah, how, how, they, how your ghosts get violent. They have to be unhappy when um, they die. If you've got a, if you've got oh, a, uh, oh. if you've got a, a fortress that has everybody, you know, tip top shape and 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 happy, then you're just going to get ghosts that are hanging around, you know, scaring a few people sometimes, but they're not going to rip their arms off. You have to have a fortress where oh. where the unhappiness mm -hmm. level is high whenever the people die and and don't get properly memorialized, and then they're going to come back and be violent ghosts. So yeah, you've oh. you got to take your you, you got to actually kill people in the caves, drive them insane with, uh, with, with violent madness, oh. let them die and not memorialize them. And you will have your evil violent ghost. Oh, that explains it because I was well, annoyed so at fun. like my lack of funny ghost stories. Yep. I don't remember where it was that I heard that, whether it was, um, on a dwarf fortress talk or whether I read it on a, uh, on the wiki, but, uh, yeah, I, I did a little bit of research into that. Because my mm. first ghost that I ran into, uh, yeah, that was not nice at all. It was before <laughs> I it was it was real early in my in my playing career, 
And it makes some sense that my first ghost would be violent because I was horrible at running a fortress and everybody was unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. It used to be easier to have unhappy dwarves. I have to say, I do think there's, you know, that the jump from, what is it, like 44 to version 47, Mm -hmm. I feel like mellowed everyone out a lot. What do you, do you guys notice that? Do you think, yeah. do you think that the fortresses are just chiller than they used to be? Cause I feel like sometimes people are unreasonably jerks. Yeah, maybe. Um, or is it just that I'm better at playing dwarf fortress? Well, you wonder. I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. Actually. Because well, now what's I gonna... know what I'm doing and the yeah. dwarves, like if, yeah. if it runs for longer, the, the fortress and it's fairly okay, then they will make good memories and suddenly it's so easy to take them out of like a bad loop again. Mm, that does make sense. You know what I think is going to be interesting is the influx of people. I suspect more new people will be joining to play this game mm-hmm. in the future. And, um, you know, because I, I hear there's an update coming. <laughs> um, really? That somebody mentioned that. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Did you see it, the... I guess. Uh, I guess they're still building did it. Did you see the dev notes that dropped last night? Yeah, it looks like things are, I mean, th- things are coming along. I'm, I'm impressed. I love those dev notes. I feel like they really go above and beyond to just spill the beans. I, I think that's amazing. So, uh, so let's, let's table that until uh, next episode, because uh, I thought about maybe let's talk about those dev notes this time, but let's go ahead and, and table that for for the next episode, because I want to Fair. dig a little mm-hmm. bit more into, into ghosts because yeah. And we might even have more dev notes next time too. So let's, uh, let's do a dev notes episode. That sounds good. Um, yeah, the ghosts thing is interesting and, and understanding the haunted biomes, I think is more interesting. Like really what is the difference between haunted, terrifying and frightening? Is that, or is that our three? Is that the trifecta? Uh, no, sinister, haunted, sinister, and terrifying. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sinister, haunted, and terrifying. Okay, cool. And, Got and it. Apparently, it is not whether it is a, uh, a reani- reanimating biome or not, because according to the wiki, the that half of the evil biomes are reanimating, or approximately half. But it, wow, it doesn't okay. say that those are the terrifying ones or the haunted ones, just... Like you're, uh, you know, rolling the dice or flipping the coin, as it were. Roland, so what's your really experience just on a that? Rolling. Uh, wait, on what now? Reanimating biomes. The the wiki says that about half of the of the evil biomes are reanimating. Half? Eh. I would disagree with the half because uh, every time I, on purpose, go out into a any of those biomes, and I'm trying to get anything done it's never a haunted but when i go like oh yeah you know probably not a haunted uh, uh, reanimating yeah it's a reanimating do you think Every it's time- just a gamble a crapshoot honestly honestly it is a big big gamble and the amount of stuff that i just built realized it's not reanimating and then like yeah be be grungy and instantly like just leave again uh has been way too high yeah. Uh, so I would actually just say it's a third, okay, and not half. Well, here's the direct quote but- from from the the wiki, and also we have to keep in mind the wiki is not being written based on seeing the the development logs 
and seeing the mm. truth that's it's being written based on ex- people's experience so yeah if people are making people are generously contributing their time yeah. to keep that updated and may get it right which may get it wrong so like if the yeah. game gets moderated where it gets a little bit easier uh people just may not realize that and and who knows when the yeah. uh when the update of this page was but in in any case the actual quote from the Dwarf fortress wiki is about half of all evil regions are reanimating, meaning the wildlife and plant life will be undead, and any creature that dies after a short time will be reanimated as undead. So this is about half. So that's golly. But yeah, I think that you're right. I think that it's probably closer to uh, a third. But the thing is, there's not anything you can pick to know that it's reanimating before you embark yeah. there. It's yeah. going to be a it's surprise. A nice roll almost. Yeah, you have to try uh, it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I kind of like that, and. Because I, I don't know, I think there's something to that. Maybe maybe we'll call it a bug, but I'm I'm actually thinking that's kind of a happy accident because I, I like the I, I like the dice roll aspect of it. It's like I want to play in a haunted biome, and this might turn into a total and unmitigated disaster, but it might also be okay. And uh, I, I don't know. There's kind of something hilarious about that. Yep, I agree. If you give me the option to filter it out, there's a good chance that I'm going to filter it out. And have a dull fortress, as I seem to be doing yeah. more and more often. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely, as I was saying, I, I was going in spoiling for trouble and didn't find it. And I was like, well, that's disappointing. Because it, sometimes you do want to go spoiling for a fight. I do too. I, I think that rolling the dice for, especially things that make the fortress difficult, is a good thing. And I need to stop spending so much time picking the perfect place to embark and just embark somewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dwarf Fortress Roundtable is brought to you in part by Eurist J. Jennings, creator of Aristonom, Dented Thunder the Assaulted Mortal, a Yak Bone Warhammer. All crafts worship is of the highest quality. On the hammer is an image of Stillclinch the Dipped Fellowship the Orthoclase Bed in Yak Bone. Also on the item is an image of Jerdo Rock Judges the Rock in Tetrahedrite. Jerdo Rock Judges is laboring. The artwork relates to the settling of the Rock Jerdo Rock Judges in the Finger of Pleats in the Year One. Lastly, also on the item is an image of giant white storks in cherry wood. Aristonom, Dented Thunder the Assaulted Mortal. By Eurus J. Jennings. All the funky biomes, all the, you know, terrifying, etc. Even if you don't go the full way and go terrifying, reanimating biome, I I would actually say they make the funnier stories. Especially if you get a mixed biome where not the entire map is terrifying or reanimating, so you you get like normal trees and mm-hmm. some normal yeah. animals or whatever. Um, they make great stories, especially if the part that is like quote unquote normal is larger than the part that is like reanimating. So sometimes things spawn in, but it's not like constantly. And sometimes you have like undead camels or whatever, or you make a dumping pit in that very spot for that purpose of like having uh, stuff come back because you like things coming back. Uh, side eyes to, I would not know who I'm talking about. That that makes for good stories. You can still dig in. Your dwarves still have to fight zombies, but it's not like a constant thing everywhere and mm-hmm. you get normal wood that is also yeah, nice because yeah very often in these terrifying ones 
I had no trees. I just had like weird eye shrubbery that looked back at me. And you can't build a bed with eyed shrubbery. I guess you'd have yeah. a pretty scary bed. Yeah, yeah. And so you had to like dig down and get under um, under surface trees yeah. and like stuff, which is fine. It's not that hard to do. But, you know, if you want cherry wood beds, you've got to import the cherry wood and it's like a whole thing. And you're like, ah, yeah. okay. Wow, I can't tell you the number of times I've wanted cherry wood beds as opposed to what was available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for the flavor, you know, walnut well, beds because somebody sure. likes walnut wood. Yeah, no, no. I get it. I get it. There's a there's a logic to it. No, 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 no denying that. In my fortress, evil, evil, the evil, 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 evils of evil. Half of it <laughs> is evil biome, uh, and the other half is not. The half that is evil biome is Badlands. I th- mm, mm-hmm. I think mm, that, that there are some things on there that look like trees, but I haven't tried to cut them down. I've done all my forestry work in the non-evil portion, so. The Badlands mm-hmm. are easy to spot but, on there because they're this really dingy, icky-looking brown. Badlands, I think, can spawn zombies. Mm-hmm. And, definitely um, spawn the They creature. can be trees. Yeah. Oh, fun. Uh, oh. They, they definitely can have trees as well. Um, I just had, like, no RNG on my side whenever I started. I was like, no trees for you, buddy. Okay. Yeah, I said it spawned a night creature. It spawned a necromancer experiment that was identified in the description of it as a night creature. It said that it was a night creature that was developed by ex- experiments by some necromancer. And their pronouns are he and him. Yep. It was a actually it was a, a she and her. It was a it was a female okay. necromancer experiment. The night warrior. I don't know warrior. how they identify. What's that? I, I'm not sure. I, I have no idea how they identify. Well, it actually used those pronouns. She. They, them. Oh, she. Okay. I feel like if any game is going to implement it, it's going to be Dwarf Fortress. I mean, we already have like uh, bisexual dwarves. Yeah, I love it. I know. I I think it's amazing that he did that. I think that's very cool. Um, And that's why I was saying, I think if somebody's going to implement pronouns and pronoun choices, I could see that happening Procedurally generated (laughs) neo-pronouns. Dude, that's how you bring Gen Z in. I think we both, I think, here, here's what I think. I think we set out to fail and uh, we set out to succeed. We No, we actually set out to fail. We set out to fail. And did not. <laughs> what now? I said that right. I set out to fail in this endeavor. I set out to have a story where I could be like, you'll never believe how wild this was. I set out in like the worst sounding biome ever and blah, blah, blah. And there's no story to tell because every fort went perfectly. And I'm just... Kind of annoyed by that. <laughs> In the words of Stephen Stills, and we never failed to fail. It was the easiest thing to do. Yep. Well, there we go. And I'm and I'm not saying competence here. It's just happenstance, I guess. Luck. <laughs> well, yeah. As is so much of this game. Yeah. Or it was being too timid in my choice of evil. I wanted to have it be playable. But but still fail. What I did was get something that was immensely playable and probably fun, in the lowercase fun sense. So lowercase fun. Yeah, not not the <laughs> DF fun, just fun. I love it. Yeah, yeah, not the dwarf fortress spirit of fun. Yeah, that's hilarious. we were looking for the dwarf fortress spirit of fun, and we found everyday fun. I definitely wanted the dwarf fortress experience, but it 
Anyway, yeah. there will there will be a time and it will be one when I'm like, this is going to be my best fort ever. And it's going to just devolve into chaos. <laughs> and I'll remind myself of this conversation when I requested failure and got success. Okay, well, I hope everyone has a wonderful and happy Halloween. Everyone's safe. I'm going to go check out the... Of course, it will be over with by the time this is released, because this is will probably release the day before Halloween. But I'm going to go check out the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Friday at the Gilio's Theater mm. in Springfield. It's going to be a blast. It always is. Yeah, if, if you guys have a chance to go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show, I highly recommend you do it. It is so much fun. That is my traditional awesome. Halloween tradition. Done. Sounds amazing. Yep. I'm going to not be in the United States. so. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well... Or, or great. I don't know if it's Actually, a it's, it's not, not the worst thing in the world. It's, it's not an accident. Are you going to a haunted biome? <laughs> He's returning yeah. to one. Yes, that's right. Look, I couldn't find one in game, so I had to go try to find one somewhere on the planet that I live in. All right, guys. Yep. We will uh, see all of you next time. We're going to, it'll be two weeks. The plan is anyway, two weeks after this episode is released on Halloween for us to release our next episode. And um, uh, so until next time, everybody, Spooky Fortresson, right? Spooky, spooky. Happy Dwarven. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All Craft Storeship is of the highest quality.